Praise the Lord. Now this is Brother Julius Adiwumi and I want you to listen closely to the teaching we are going through the book of Romans. In this teaching we want to to more or less give knowledge to the believers. If you have been listening to the radio broadcast and you have been blessed by this series of teaching, I want to communicate the same so that we can praise God with you. And as in chapter 8 says, we have no, there's no more condemnation in us when we're in Christ Jesus. A new spirit is in us. Our, our spirit has been renewed. Now we go to chapter 9, where Apostle Paul now is talking about the nation Israel, the Jews. In their days, the Jews were opposing, the, 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 opposing Christianity. And so he was going to zero in on the Jews that were opposing Christianity to make them to see that the Jews tried to get their salvation through their walking, following the law of Moses, but they did not recognize that Moses actually was pointing to the Messiah that is to come, that when this new this prophet comes, they are to obey him. He's going to show the light. And they didn't understand that, and they were persecuting the Christians. Let's go to Romans chapter 9 and see how Apostle Paul presented this case to the Jews. I start from verse 1 of Romans chapter 9. And Apostle Paul said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were caused from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption and the glory and this covenant, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God bless forever, amen. Not as though the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Now, we'll see, let's stop right there. Even though he was lamenting that the nation Israel didn't embrace the Messiah, only those who are elected are following him like the apostles and several of the believers that were Jews in that generation. But the nation as the rulers, when he talk about the Israel, he's talking about the rulers, the high priests and the chief priests, they were the ones that crucified Christ. And he was saying they were trying to formulate their own justice, their own salvation through following the law of Moses. And now he went to verse 6, he said, Not as though the word of God has taken on effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Now it's coming to where you are going to talk about election. All those rabbis, all those uh, Pharisees, all those Sadducees, all those chief priests and priests, they claim to be Israelites in their generation. But Apostle Paul now saying that they are not all Israel who claim to be Israel. Verse 7 Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now he's now trying to bring to us to understanding that even though we always say the seed of Abraham is the promise is for the seed of Abraham to inherit the earth. But you see, who are the seed of Abraham? We can say where well, Isaac is that seed of Abraham. But Isaac has two sons. And God selected between the two sons. He said Jacob is the one I'm selecting. So it's not just being seed of Abraham. It is, the seed, it is the elected seed that will be inheriting this world. And he's trying to explain this to us in this chapter 9. Who is the elected seed? When you look at Abraham, you go back to the book of Genesis, you will see that Abraham not only didn't just have one son or two. After, he, after his wife Sarah died, Abraham married again. Keturah. 
he married another woman called Keturah. And she bear five other sons to Abraham. Well, all of those are not even mentioned because they are not part of the elected promise of seed. They are just Gentiles, you see. But they are also the seed of Abraham. If you are talking of seed of Abraham, it's not just the Jews that are the seed of Abraham by, by, by physical nature. They are not the only natural seed of Abraham. You see what I'm saying? What about Isaac, uh, Isaac's son, Jacob Esau? He was also a seed of Abraham by the natural birth, but not elected. What about the sons of Keturah? They were also seed of Abraham by natural birth, but not the elected seed. So, Apostle Paul was going to now point to election in this chapter 9. To also make it clear that it's not just election through Isaac and Jacob only. He came now to the, their, their own generation. He's now trying to say, even in their generation, all of those people that claim to be chief priests and priests and Pharisees, and they are all claiming to be Jews through the line of Jacob, through the line of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were the natural seed of that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they are not elected according to this. Because it's not by election God is choosing those who are going to become Christians. It's those whom He predestinated, He called. Which means all those chief priests who claim to be Jews, all those rabbis, all those Pharisees who claim to be Jews by natural birth, being seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they were not elected to become the seed of Christ. So it's now He's going to teach us about election in this chapter 9. So that He says, not all that claim to be Israel that are Israelites. Because it's now by election. You see what I'm saying? It's not all that say they are the seed of Abraham by natural birth that are the seed of Abraham by election. That's what he's saying in verse 7. He said, not that because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall their seed be called. So we quickly say there's an election between Isaac and Ishmael. And also between Isaac and the sons of Keturah, which are five that came later. Okay? And also when it comes to Isaac, between in the, in the children of Isaac, we now see Jacob and then Esau. Esau was not elected. Now you come all the way down to the time of Christ. All those Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests were all Jews by natural birth that refused to accept Christ. They were also not elected to be saved. That's what Apostle Paul is trying to say. Not to talk of the ten tribes of Israel that have already fallen away. They have gone away from the nation of Israel from the time of the when the country split into two in the days of uh, after Ezekiah the king. When they have the northern kingdom, ten tribes that are no more even counted as Jews. They are not they were not Jews, they are just Israelites. But they were scattered, so there were no more reference to them. So you can say they were now to be classified as Gentiles. So they are not only the Jews that the tribe of Judah that went into Babylon. These are the only people that the story followed. And those are the only people that you can say are still in the line of election. But when now come to Christ, these Jews that came back from Babylon, they are expected to be the elected seed. But see, it's not every person that is elected. Only Christ is elected. Christ came through that line. And everyone now that is believing Christ is elected. Everyone that is believing Christ, whether Jews or Gentiles, we are elected to be seed of Christ. By faith. Now see what God is doing. God has brought Christ to be out of that seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And through Christ now is calling his people, his sheep from every tribe, from every nation, from every tongue, 
whether Jew or Gentile. And those whom he called are those that are elected. Those whom he didn't call, like the Pharisees, they were not elected. Even though they claimed to be, even though they were the natural seed of Abraham, they were not elected to be saved. So this is what Apostle Paul is describing here, that it's now by election. Verse 9, let me leave a seat. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise accounted for the seed. Verse 9, for this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Bringing us back to the story of Abraham and Sarah. And not only this, but when Rebekah, that is the wife of Isaac, also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, unto Rebekah, the elder shall serve the younger. You see, God is electing. As he purposed, as he has preordained, as he desired in his heart, before the foundation of the world, God is electing. So he elected the younger to be the one that will inherit the seed, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As it is written, Jacob affied Lord, but Esau affied hated. That's putting it down crudely like that in the scriptures. Verse 40 says, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he said to Moses, now listen to this. When he came to Moses, God was telling Moses that God is the one that shows whom he is going to have mercy upon, and God is the one that shows whom he is not going to have mercy upon. For he said unto Moses, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that will it, nor of him that run it, but of God that showeth mercy. Now, when you come to this Bible verse, you begin to say, does it mean that God has selected some people are going to heaven and some are going to hell? You can say it is like predestination, but it's not really that God predestined that this fellow is going to go to hell. But when you look at this chapter 9, it seems to be alluding to the fact that God already, we know God already knows he's going to hell. But he allowed the gospel to be preached to everybody. But Christ said, I know my sheep. Only the sheep of Christ will listen and will follow. Because they are called, they are elected, they are called. But the gospel will preach to everybody. Some hardened heart, they won't know why their heart is hardened. But God will say, according to this Bible, you can use this to explain why they are not accepting Christ. You just listen to me. Maybe you are a Muslim. Maybe you are a Hindu. Maybe you are a pagan. If you are not believing this gospel of Jesus Christ, maybe you are not called into heaven. Maybe your place is hell or lake of fire. You are not to decide. You want to go to hell or lake of fire? But if you cry unto God, He's still able to save you. He's able to call you out of darkness. To make you change. To make you understand it. If you are humble. Because God wants a humble heart. Those who are proud will never want to see it. Because something is blocking their mind. But if you are humble, searching for the truth. God will reveal the truth to you. It is humility that God desires. That they are hardened heart. Let me, let's go to the story of uh, Pharaoh. Here is what God said about Pharaoh in the, in the days of Moses. Verse 17. For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. 
Therefore, as he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardened. Now, you can see that Apostle Paul is going to is is describing is making an apologetic description here because he's going to come back and say, "Are we going to blame God for choosing, or are we going to say God is unrighteous?" See, he's the he's the porter. You go to a potter's house where they are making pots, and the potter has a whole bunch of clay on the floor, and he's going to pull out of this clay and make a beautiful pot for water. And that pot is only meant for water in his heart. That's what he wanted this pot to be used for water. Then from the same bunch of clay, he will make another pot that will be used for cooking. It will be on the fire, burning, burning and burning always. And for it to be able to stand the fire, the potter bars will burn it before he, even, before he sell it to those who are going to be using it for cooking. But the one that he didn't want for cooking, ah, why did the potter do it from the same lump of clay? is making a pot for water. And just be cool, and it's making the same from the same lump of clay. is making a pot for cooking that will be on fire, burning, and be blackened by fire. That was why that was that was the choice of the potter. You have you have no reason why you can say why well, you make this one to be like this. He just chooses to make the same from the same lump. That is what Apostle Paul is describing here in this chapter nine, so that it will make us to fear God. If God calls you to be a Christian, take it seriously. It is. He's called you to be a vessel unto honor. Take it seriously and be grateful to him. But you that listen to me, if you are wishy-washy and you are not believing, maybe you are meant for the for the fire, for the destruction. But if you humble yourself, you may realize that you actually a seed of God. For even listening to this, for even paying attention to what we are saying today, for even listening, maybe you are a vessel unto honor, but you are still rebellious and God is going to have to spank you. Before you turn. But if you are not turning, most likely you belong to the fire. And that is what Apostle Paul is trying to say. But it is by election. And the Lord Christ make it clear that no man can come unto me except my Father that sent me draws them. You see? So if you are not coming to become a Christian, if you are not accepting this gospel that we are teaching to you, most likely you are not meant to, 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 to receive. Maybe you are meant for hell and lake of fire. You can only be shaking our head and say, we pity you. We can only say we pity you. That's what we can say. But God loves you still. God loves you still. You say, well, if God loves you, why will he allow you to go to hell? Let me give you a story. A story that the Lord gave of the of Abraham and the rich man and Lazarus. A poor beggar. Do you know that that rich man that in the Bible that the Lord gave, he said the rich man died and went to hell. And he looked across the across the space and saw Abraham afar off, and he saw the beggar Lazarus that was begging at his doorstep when he was alive, and Abraham's bosom. You know the story. The rich man cried unto Abraham. He said, "He called him Father Abraham." Listen to that. He called him Father Abraham. That rich man means he was a a Jew by of the seed of Abraham by nation. And he asked Abraham to, to send Lazarus the beggar to bring just water with his finger, just to cool his tongue. You know what Abraham called him? Abraham called him son. I said, wait a minute. It means there will be some sons of Abraham that will be in hell. You see what I'm talking about? There will be some sons. Of Abraham even called him son. He said, you see, you have your own good time in, in when you are alive. And then, but after Lazarus have the bad times. But there is no way you can pass from here to there or from there to here 
There's a goal fixed. So that man said, now send Lazarus to my father's house so that he, does, he can witness to my five brothers so that they don't come to this place of torment. Abraham said, well, they have Moses and the Lord. Let them listen to them. Oh, he said, they won't listen. Unless somebody grows from the dead, they will listen. And Abraham said, if they won't listen to the preachers, I mean, if Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. But you see, the point I was making that Abraham even called him son. I mean, he's a son of Abraham and he's in hell. You see what I'm saying? There will be so many people that will regret that they shouldn't go to hell. They will see, they may be a son of God, they may be a son of Abraham. Abraham still call him son. You may say, if God loves you so much, why would he allow you to go to hell? If you don't turn, if you don't turn and accept Christ, you will find yourself in hell. In fact, Christ said, I will blot out some names after the book of life. Which means maybe their names were formerly in the book of life because they did not overcome, because they did not continue to the end, because they messed up their life, they will be blotted out of the book of life. So there may be some songs that will end up being blotted out of the book of life. But we pray that that will not be your portion. We pray that will not be our portion. That's why we are preaching this gospel to you. Take the gospel of Jesus Christ seriously. Walk humbly before Him. And also, Search yourself. Make sure you are living right. Live for Christ. Romans chapter 9 that we are reading. Because now he is talking about how God has said to, to Pharaoh that God actually said he raised up this Pharaoh for destruction. In verse 17. He said, For this purpose I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now look at that. There was one Pharaoh living in the palace of Egypt. Egyptian palace, and there was one Moses who was raised in the same palace of Egypt. One was raised by God, said he raised him to show his power through him. Moses was raised by God also to show his power through him. So, how is God raising two people? He's showing his power through both of them. God showed his power through Moses for salvation of Israelites. God showed his power through the Pharaoh to destroy Pharaoh. By hardening Pharaoh's heart, but God said here, he, uh, God said he is the one that make that race of this same Pharaoh, so that he may show his power to Pharaoh. How is he going to show his power to Pharaoh? By hardening Pharaoh's heart, so that he can show all those signs and wonders in Egypt, and then Pharaoh was destroyed. You see, but you see, two people raised in the same palace. One was raised to show the power of God to save some people. The other one was raised. So that the power can show can be shown through him for that man's destruction because Pharaoh was destroyed and destroyed Egyptians too. But he said, Therefore, I see mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he harden it. But thou will say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Now, this is the answer for, from Paul. He said, Nay, but O man, who art thou that replies after God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou make me thus? Has not the porter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? That's what I just used to describe it to you. That is God is one that is that created us. He, he has the right to make one vessel unto honor and one vessel unto dishonor. Can make a pot for water, the same from the same lump, he make another pot for fire. Verse 22 is what Apostle Paul keeps explaining. It. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? That's an example of the vessel of wrath, Pharaoh. God said, I raised him up to show my power through Pharaoh 
how I was situating the power to Pharaoh by handing Pharaoh's style so that God can demonstrate how he has power through Moses. And both of them were raised in the same palace of the Pharaohs. Verse 23, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us whom he has called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And as, as I also said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma and had been like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumble at that stumbling block, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling block, a stumbling stone, and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So what Apostle Paul is describing, he describes the election. That God is the one that is electing who is going to be saved, who is not going to be saved. And God Christ said, I know my sheep, and they hear my voice. He was talking to the, to the Pharisees that didn't believe, and he said, they don't believe because they are not, he said, because they are not his sheep. And you can see that only Christ knows that I saw, like he said, he said, the Lord knows that I saw. But he still allows us to preach to everybody. He still allows the gospel to be preached to everybody. And if you are being called by the Lord Jesus Christ to believe this gospel of salvation, it is because you are called. He said, them that are within, they are called, they are chosen, and they are faithful. So now that you are a believer that is listening to me, you have been called by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you have to be faithful. Faithful even unto the end. He said, even unto death. Even they want to kill you for not for not for accepting Christ. Be faithful even unto death, is what he said, because your reward is great in heaven. But he said, I know my sheep, and they hear my voice. The voice of stranger they will not hear. So that is very important that you need to know that Christ is calling you and he has called you is by election. And if you have been elected to believe this gospel, blessed are ye. And don't let even friends, don't let even neighbors, don't let even your family members pull you out of it. Just think of that. Isaac has two sons. God chose one and didn't choose the other one. And there will be competition. Don't let the one that is not chosen drag you back into hell, into lake of fire. Because that is their job. The job of the devil is to try to drag other people with him to the lake of fire. Satan is already condemned to the lake of fire. What he's trying to do is to try to get some more people to go with him. But you have to say, if God has called you to believe the gospel of Christ, don't let Satan pull you into the lake of fire with him. Now we're going to go to chapter 10 in the next chapter. In this chapter 10, Moses was, Apostle Paul was describing the law of Moses, that it is the law of works, that only by walking, are they thinking they can get their salvation? But it is salvation is only by faith in Christ Jesus. And he described that perfectly in, uh, in verse Romans chapter 10, begin from verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in that chapter 10 is where Apostle Paul describes how we can really be saved. The procedure of being saved is that in verse 9, he says, If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's just by faith in Christ. It is not by all the righteousness you are doing now, all the righteousness you can do after to please God. No, believing this, right, this salvation, believing that Christ died for you on the cross, believing that atonement 
It's what you need. Once you believe that atonement, confess it with your mouth that I believe the atonement Christ died for me on the cross and he shed his blood to, rece- to redeem me. You have to believe and confess it with your mouth. That's what he said in verse 8 and verse, eight and verse 9, chapter 10. See, what said it? The word is nigh even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's how we are saved now. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, confess that Jesus is your Lord, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. See now, you just have to confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. Period. Chapter 10 summarized there that it is by confessing Christ and believing in him that we are saved and he will give you that new spirit. You make a recreate a spirit in you that make you a born again Christian. And we go to chapter eleven. In chapter eleven, Paul continued to describe Israel as a nation and he mentioned that uh, in the end all Israel will be saved. And what does that mean that all Israel will be saved? And I will explain that in the next uh, in the next uh, broadcast. What did he mean by all the saints shall be saved? Let's say it briefly. You remember the nation Israel that that, uh, that were active when Christ was around? The rulers, the elders, the, the rulers of that nation, they didn't accept Christ, they crucified him. And look at the old nation was condemned, except those that believe in Christ, individual people that are disciples. They are the ones that are not condemned. But in the end, God promised that the nation as a nation will get we should be at the end of the world right now. Not those that have been that have been destroyed, not those that have passed on in, in between, I mean that were scattered everywhere. They still they still didn't believe Christ. The gospel was being, has been preached to the Gentiles. And so the Jews that are among the Gentiles, some of them are also believing in Christ and they are being saved as just like the Gentiles have been saved. But in the end, the Jews have come back to their homeland right now and they form another nation history and they are new rulers of this generation. And there are new rulers that claim to be priests and hindrance of this generation. They are still following their old great grandfather. They are not believing the Messiah. But in the end, when Christ shall appear from the sky, those who are rulers then will see with their eyes that they have been deceived by all these old time rabbis that deceived them, telling them that Jesus is not their Messiah. When they realize that this same Jesus that the Gentile preachers have been saying is the Messiah, it's really the Messiah because he will come from the sky and they will see the same mark of the nails prints in his hands. They will say, where do you get this wound in your hand? You will say, well, this is the one that I got from the house of my friends. That was prophesied already in the book of Zechariah. That when he shall come like that, they will see a wound in the sand. That is how they will recognize you know, Up to now, Jesus Christ is manifesting himself to believers in this generation to make them see that he will keep that wound in the sand till the end, till he manifests himself when he comes back. He will see those Jews that are alive then, will see him coming from the sky. They will see that this same Messiah that come to save them from the sky, that was what the Jews in that generation when Christ came as a baby, they were thinking the uh, Messiah should come from the sky, not from Galilee. Born as a baby that we know is mother. They were, because they didn't know that there are two types of coming. 
because the gospel, the, pre, the prophet didn't explain it clearly to them. They didn't understand it either. But now, when it shall come the second time, it's going to come not like a baby. It's going to come as a full-grown person, and it's coming to save them. It's coming from the sky, and they will see that he has a nail print in his hands. Then they will recognize the same Jesus that the Gentiles, the evangelists, the Christians have been saying is the Messiah, that their fathers, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees didn't believe it. And they deceive all their descendants and they don't believe this is their Jesus. When they say that it's the same Jesus, they will cry that they have been deceived. And Christ said, We forgive them. He said, Forgive them. Like Joseph forgave his brothers that sold him into slavery. That's the same way Christ will forgive them. And that is what Apostle Paul was alluding to here that all Israel then will be saved. Because when they all now wept, they will be, all of them that are rulers then will be, that are alive in that generation will be weeping. And they will accept him as their Messiah. That's how all Israel will be saved. Not those that crucified him then in the in the two thousand years ago. Not those that didn't believe for all the time in, in the when they were in diaspora. Not all of those. But the new generation that will receive him then we see that the same Jesus as being is the Messiah. And they will accept him. That's why Apostle Paul said all Israel shall be saved. We shall continue this in the next broadcast. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box seven one zero two seven Phoenix, Arizona, eight five zero five zero. On the internet, it's www.gospeddistribution.org. Tune us again next week. God bless you.